God's peace, like a garrison of soldiers guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Folks, we have no excuse to be worrying as believers with these promises, and yet we all are tempted. We know it. We need to know where to go and what to do when we're tempted to worry. We trust the Lord and obey it. We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, thanks for joining us for this midweek edition of Equipping the Saints, featuring the Bible teaching of Greg Lenstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. Greg, in today's broadcast, we continue our detour from our study in Nehemiah and conclude our look at worry. And I'm sure you've met folks that'll tell you they just can't stop worrying. So what do you say to that? Well, Dave, I have met people that tell me they have no power over worry in their lives and and that they're just worriers by nature. And my response to that is they may be right. There are those who cannot stop worrying. And today we're going to learn who those people are and why it is impossible for them to cease worrying. Our text is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Well, be sure to stay with us for the end of today's broadcast. Greg will join us in studio with some practical application. And I'll also be back with information on how you can obtain messages from the series for your own library. Now, let's join Greg for today's teaching. No one can serve two masters, Matthew 6, 24. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or you hold to one and despise the other. This is Matthew 6, 24 at the end. You cannot serve God and mammon. That term mammon means money. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for the body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Think about that. God values you because he created you, and we've been saved by his son Jesus who died for your sins. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toll, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of what? Little faith. It's a faith issue when you worry. Okay? It is. Do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek, for your heavenly Father knows you need them, all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Folks, God loves us. He cares for us. We're valuable to him. Believe that. Understand that. Believe the truth of the word of God and trust him. You see, we as believers are to worry about nothing. All worry is sin. Yet, wait a second. I have a chemical imbalance. I do. I think you might have one too. Right? Now, God doesn't say in his word, be anxious for nothing except you who have chemical imbalances. I'm sorry, God addresses this very clearly. 
This is not a physical issue at its core, although it does affect you physically. You will reap what you sow when you do think. David suffered physically from his sin, by the way, but he acknowledged it. And if you have worried for a long time and you have confessed it, you may still have some remaining reaping to do. You just need to go, Lord, I deserve it. I failed, but I praise you that I've been forgiven. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Thank you, Lord. God's word says, be anxious for nothing, no exceptions. If we're worrying, we're sinning, we're not trusting God, that's the issue. Confess our lack of trust, be forgiven, and be restored. Some of you say, I can't stop. This is completely true if you don't know Christ. But if you do know Christ, he can set you free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. He will set you free if you confess. If you obey him, he will set you free. And then there is the good fight of faith, right? Trusting in him. So notice he says, be anxious for nothing. But notice there's some qualifications here. We're not to worry about anything, but we are to pray about everything. This is key because it has to do with our relationship with the Lord. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, back in Philippians 4, 6, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, be praying, right? Uh, with supplication. The term supplication speaks of a humble petition. It's not demanding God a laundry list of stuff. Dear God, got this list, please take care of it. No, it's a humble submission. Lord God, you are so gracious, you are so kind, you are above all. You saved my soul, you are greater than these issues. I trust you, Lord God, help me. Help me in this area. Notice he says, by prayer and supplication. The term supplication means a humble request. First Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. And how do I humble myself in this situation? First Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He is concerned about what you are worrying about. He cares for you. He cares for you. Cast it over. The term casting your care speaks of throwing a saddle on a horse. You're throwing it on God. How am I doing it? I'm doing it in prayer. Lord God, I am so concerned about this situation. It is hurting me deeply, Lord God. I'm praying, Lord God, please come to my aid. Help me see it rightly. Lord, I'm giving it over to you. I'm casting it upon you. You need to humbly come before God. Pray humbly. Notice what he says. There's another qualification with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I know that you can take care of it. I know that you're greater than this. Thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. Thank you that you will work all things together for good. I want to bring my request before you. This issue is concerning me greatly, Lord God, and I'm so tempted to worry. Lord, I'm just laying it before you. Please help me in this. Help me do the right thing. Help me respond the right way. I pray for this other person. They're sinning against me. Please help them, Lord Jesus. I pray for this circumstance, Lord God, whatever it might be. He says here, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Lord God, please help me. Help me in this area, whatever it might be. You know, it's God's will for us to give thanks in everything. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And thankfulness is an evidence of walking in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, 
always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God. Thank you, Lord, for the doctors. I got an appointment coming. I'm concerned about it, Lord. I put it in your hands. Thank you for your watching over me. Thank you for this circumstance at work, Lord, that you're going to take care of it the way you want to. But help me, Lord God, help me respond rightly. Help me do the right thing, whatever it might be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, a lack of thankfulness is an evidence that you are not walking with the Lord, and if you don't know the Lord, it's the way you are. Romans chapter 1. But we need to be thankful for what God has done. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God, and he who has made us and not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord God, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord God, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you have it all under control. Thank you that your ways are above my ways. Thank you for what you've done and what you will do. And I bring this request before you, Lord God. It is burning my heart. I'm going to put it in your hands, Lord God, over and over again. With thanksgiving, we're to make our requests known. You say, doesn't God know our requests? Well, yeah, he knows before we ask, Matthew 6, 8. But when we make our requests known to him, we're exhibiting a dependence on him. We're showing that we trust him in action with our requests. You know, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You give it over to him. Lord, I am so tempted in this area. It is so overwhelming me, but I'm giving it to you, Lord God. I'm asking you to take care of it. Please, please deal with it. Help this person. Help the situation. Help me do this. Help me take care of this. Help me do what I need to do. Looks to and fro that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. So then instead of worrying, we're to pray humbly, requesting, making petitions about everything, making it known to God. What are you worrying about? Give it over to the Lord. Get on your knees and tell the Lord about it. Get on your knees and tell the Lord, make your requests. Be thankful for what he's done and share with him. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then, when you do that, you can trust him that he will fulfill his promise. He will. God has never failed. He never will fail. He keeps his promises. This is a promise that is clear to us. And it's you know a lot of promises people take out of context from wherever in the Scripture. This one is very clear. And you can bank on it. Notice what he says in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. If you humbly come before the Lord, this is the context of rejoicing, right? Humbly come before the Lord. It's the context of knowing he's near, letting him take care of stuff. You humbly come before him. You make your request known. His peace... His peace, God's peace, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace and a guarded heart. This is a promise. You don't need to worry anymore. Trust the Lord. It's a sin. Confess it. It's God's peace, not man's peace. This is nothing you can conjure up. This is nothing anyone else can do for you. 
This is God's peace, not man's peace. No meds will give you this peace. No counselor will give you this peace. This is God's peace. Man's ways do not take care of the problem. They medicate the problem. But the problem is still there, festering and getting worse. This is a great promise. When we humbly and thankfully pray about everything rather than worrying, then God's peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this peace of his, notice what he says here, which surpasses all comprehension. The word comprehension means mind or thinking. You know what? We want to comprehend it in advance. This is the peace that I want and I need. Well, God's peace surpasses. It's hooper balloons far above how you could think of peace. It's far above it. It surpasses it because it's his peace. It's his peace. It surpasses. Hooper echo it. It literally holds above, surpasses. God's peace is way above what you could think about peace being. God declares that you cannot comprehend this peace which will be given to you when you obey this command by faith. It surpasses comprehension. Praise the Lord for that. Don't figure it out. Just trust the Lord, obey him, and you'll receive his peace. It's an absolute promise. Now, some of you might be praying, and you know this, and you're not receiving his peace. You're going, what's going on here? Well, I would posit to you that there's still sin in your life that you need to confess. That you're not rejoicing, you're not reconciled, you're not rejoicing, you're not resting. The Lord is near. If your life is dirty with sin, and you pray all day, day in and day out, and no peace comes, cleanse your hearts and your hands, pray rather than worrying, and God will give you his peace. He promises it. And what does this peace do? And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all comprehension, shall guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a fantastic promise. A guarded heart. My heart needs to be guarded. My heart's having trouble. I'm worrying. I'm giving it over. I'm praying. Now I'm handing it over to him. It's going to guard it. The term guard here speaks of a garrison of armed soldiers. See it all running up around your heart. Right? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. God's peace, like a garrison of soldiers, guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Folks, we have no excuse to be worrying as believers with these promises, and yet we all are tempted. We know it. We need to know where to go and what to do when we're tempted to worry. We need to trust the Lord and obey it. We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Let me share some passages that have to do with this, and you'll see how do these have to do with it. Psalm 4, 5. Offer sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he'll do it. Trust the Lord. Psalm 91, 2. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Trust in the Lord. Psalm 115, verse 9. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless those who fear the Lord, the small and the great. Trust in the Lord rather than worrying. Believe what he said. But Psalm 125, trust in the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion who cannot be shaken are moved. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Isaiah 26, verse 4, trust in the Lord forever. 
For in God, the Lord, we have an everlasting rock. But there's a warning when we trust in other things. Don't trust in other things. You won't have any peace. You'll be worrying about it. I guarantee that. If your worry is moving you and moving you around, it's going to move you to trust in other things. Isaiah 31, verse 1. Woe to those who go to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in chariots, because there are many, and horsemen, because they are very strong, but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Sometimes we trust in the solution and people rather than the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5, thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Don't do it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You see, in the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. It's all in the context of our relationship with Jesus. You trust him. You share those things with him humbly in the context of thankfulness. And his peace will guard your heart and mind. You know, Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. You want his peace? Obey his word. Trust in Jesus. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. It's really true. So then, I believe Scripture is clear. You know, if you seek peace the world's way, the world's type of peace is not going to help you, and you will reap the consequences. Some of you may be doing that right now. The world says you need this and this to take care of your imbalances. And God says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in I and in Christ Jesus. So then what are we to do? Notice, he says, the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds. But I need to be focused on the Lord. And if I am, something's going to change. Something's going to change in my heart. It's going to be a different attitude. Psalm 40, verse 3, He has put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise of God. Many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. You know, we've had people in our body who've had difficulties with anxiety and things like that, who've gone the world's way and have turned and trusted the Lord. It's a battle. It doesn't go away. It's not going to go away till eternity, but God is a good God, and you're now walking with him rather than walking by yourself in the midst of the consequences. I just give a warning here for anybody who's thinking, I'm going to go throw my medication. I'm not a doctor or psychologist. Don't do that. Go to your doctor. Go to your doctor. You'll go crazy. Everything we do needs to be based on God's word, obedience to him. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension, all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusts in you. Now, some of you might be saying, I can't stop worrying. What do I do? I would say, examine yourself first to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Maybe you don't know the Lord. You can't get set free from sin unless you trust Jesus Christ. If you trust him, he'll set you free. The Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Now, you'll be tempted with it like everyone else, but you will have a venue, as we've seen today, that you can go to the Lord and he'll set you free. He'll guard your heart and mind. And then for those of us believers, 
we need to confess when we're tempted and give in to it. We need to confess, acknowledge what it is, and we need to apply God's word and obey it, rejoicing always in the Lord, uh, letting our forbearing spirit be known to all men. He's near. And then instead of worrying, we're praying. We're giving it over to him. And lastly, I want to finish up with this exhortation that Paul gives right after our passage, because everything has to do with where your mind is at. Look at verse uh, 8, back in Philippians 4. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. It's the things of Christ. Instead of worrying, focus your mind on the things of Christ. Set your mind on the things above. These things that are worthy of praise. Oh, what a great God we serve. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul says, practice these things, apply it, do it, and the God of peace shall be with you. Isn't that what we want? You bet it is. Satan's selling his snake oil, and God is telling us clearly how we can have peace. So the choice is yours today. You heard the truth. If you don't know the Lord, you're going to have problems with worry, and then you're going to die, and then you're going to go to hell. You need Jesus Christ. I would be very concerned right now about what happens after you die. God has declared to all men everywhere that there's a judgment. He's going to judge you through his son Jesus, whom he furnished proof by raising him from the dead. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in him. He died for your sins, and he rose from the dead, and you'll be saved. And for those of us believers, we have a choice. You can continue caught up in sin, and God will discipline you, and you will not be happy. Look at David's testimony. It wasn't a good testimony when he was in sin, by the way. And I guarantee you are having a lot of trouble if you're a warrior and you give in to it. But God, through Christ, can set you free. Be free if you're willing to work out your salvation with fear and me to obey him, to trust him. Because he loves you, and he cares for you, and he wants the best for you. And the best is to walk with him. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, in the few moments we have to wrap up today's message, I think it's important to clarify a couple of things from your message. Were you saying that all medication for anxiety is wrong to take? Well, Dave, that's a really good question. What I meant, as I shared today, was that the issue of anxiety is addressed in the Word of God, and we are commanded as believers to be anxious for nothing. 
Now, I just want to make sure you understand what I shared in the message rightly. I'm not telling anyone to go out and stop their medication without speaking to a doctor. And if you believe that you're using medication to keep yourself from sinning, then maybe you ought to consider now going to a doctor and seeing if you can lessen that medication and get off that. But it's only through a doctor's prescription and advice that I would recommend that. And finally, as you address this sin of worry, don't do it alone. First and foremost, you have the living God on your side. The eyes of the Lord look to and fro that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And secondly, have believers around you to help you, to hold you accountable, to point you to Christ so that you would not worry in these situations, but trust in a faithful God, a good God who will deliver you from sin. He's given his son for you. Will he not help you in this area of sin? Absolutely he will. Trust the Lord. He is faithful. As we close today's broadcast, here's an important message from our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. Hi, this is Greg Lundstedt, and it is my great privilege to study and teach the Word of God and to share it with you each day on this radio station. And as you listen, I want to ask you this question. Has equipping the saints been a blessing to you? If so, would you prayerfully consider coming alongside us financially? You see, your financial partnership with us is so appreciated. So on behalf of the team here at Equipping the Saints, we want to praise our Lord and thank you for your prayers and financial support. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, to partner with us, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. Or if you prefer to send a gift online, our web address is etsradio.org. Well, we hope you make plans to join us again right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Yeah.